0: Welcome to MicroCollege, a podcast exploring innovative, place-based, and humanly scaled responses to the crises in higher education, meaning, and discourse in our time. Everyone knows that colleges and universities are at a breaking point, but what can be done? I'm Jacob Hunt, the director of Thoreau College, a microcollege in Verroca, Wisconsin. Join us each week as we tackle this question head on. Welcome to MicroCollege. Um, this week on the podcast, we are excited to have as a guest, Wilhelm Skoglund, who is the General Secretary of Effective Altruism Sweden, a nonprofit organization dedicated to getting more people to think about how to do the most good and then do it. Um, and One of the things we're going to be talking about is a new program um, that, that Effective Altruism Sweden uh, is, is, is launching this year, called Future Academy um, for university students and young professionals. Um, but Wilhelm has also had several board positions with non in the nonprofit sector and is the co-founder of Nema Problema, a nonprofit aiming to facilitate the integration of immigrants through mentoring programs. He has previously worked as a consultant and has studied law, development, de- developmental economics, and sustainability studies at Uppsala, Yale, and Cornell University. So thank you for joining us today, Wilhelm from San Francisco.
1: Yeah, thank you for having me. I'm very glad to be with you
0: we have, we've spoken to several people from Denmark in the in the past several months so it's great to jump across the the water to to talk to someone who based in Sweden from Sweden so um yeah so is I don't know if you've listened to any of our previous podcasts but we really ground what we're doing um, all of our conversations in people's biographies so I'm wondering if uh, if you we could start by um, if you could reflect back on when you were 18, 19, 20 years old, kind of setting off on your journey of adulthood. Where were you? What were you doing? What were the big influences on you during that period of your life? Wow, what a great class. <laughs> you know,
1: uh, so I'm I'm uh, born and raised uh, uh, on a small island outside of Stockholm, the capital of Sweden. Um, it's quite like a um, bourgeois uh, like background, like very like upper class, um, and a very like protected upbringing. Um, and uh, don't get me wrong, I had a very like very good upbringing in every way, like lots of friends and, and and a great family to take care of me and all that jazz. But I I never really felt like home um, living there. Uh, it wasn't really my like. M- yeah, just like people's interests and just the vibes in general wasn't really like um, uh, something that I connected deeply to. So when I turned 18, I I, um, left Lidingö, which this little island is called, kind of straight away. So just a couple of weeks after graduating from from the Swedish equivalent of of high school, I moved to Norway with a a couple of friends. Um, And um, that was like um, a very, formative experience for me in in many ways i had this very protected upbringing just like kind of everything um i don't want to say served on on a silver platter but kind of like everything just smooth sailing um and i just kind of left um with with two friends i should say um and ended up in stavanger a small like coastal city in norway um and did um like (laughs) uh uh, kind of hard, hard work for for a year or two. Um, and it was just like, connecting to a completely different, like, part of, of society, and just seeing something completely different, uh, was was very important, both for giving my like, perspectives on what I want to do in life. Um, but also just like for, for growing up, I think, um, taking what, care I of my
0: kind of work were you doing?
1: Uh, so lots, lots of different kinds of work. In the beginning, I was just like, um, yeah, I was an assistant at a moving firm. So I was just like carrying heavy furniture, basically, oh. or like construction thingies. Um, and then after a while, I uh, found a job. I actually briefly worked at a, uh, a like uh, chicken like the packaged chickens like for, for sale which was i'm a vegan myself uh, and so it was a, a kind of gruesome experience um so i had to leave that quite quickly and then i worked at the um airport uh, in stavanger like this this little town um for and i spent almost a year at that at that airport um and it was like, it was, it was, it was, it was a good job and, and good pay, like uh, wages in, in Norway are very, very high for, for most jobs, actually. Uh, and um, like lots of good colleagues and all that jazz, but, you know, just um, I, most of my shifts started at like two o'clock in the morning or something like that. Oh, and yeah. uh, were long, <laughs> I was like a long commute to, to work and stuff like that. And from, from my, from my upbringing, it was a very big contrast um and basically i did this to like um save money because i know i wanted to travel um and um actually like i had a like a particular like a few things that i wanted to do i wanted to travel i wanted to learn english and i wanted to um do volunteer work and it was very hard to find opportunities to do like all of these three things combined um like there was like you could, there were many options if you wanted to do one of them but hard to, to find options for doing all, all three of them uh, but eventually, I, f- I found a program uh, called Up With People. Um, it was actually like an American
0: uh, thing. Um, yes, I've uh, heard of it, Up With People. I, I've had, a, in my career as a high school teacher, I had a, a, a former student who, who spent, who did Up With People, and then eventually um, was doing a, the, 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 the advanced work when they went to different cities and set up the performance venues and things. Oh, wow. That's so cool. <laughs> Talk about oh. Up With People. It's an interesting project.
1: Yeah, no, no. I, I, it, it was, it was like, it was truly uh, transformative for me. It's they call it a global education program, and the basic setup is that they bring uh, together. Um, I think in, in my, my, my class, we were uh, over hundred people from like 20 or 25 different countries, and it was like from and from China, from um, Sub-Saharan Africa. Um, from most people were from like um, the largest group was from the United States, but just like kind of all over the place. Um, and we were together for uh, six months just traveling around so you were in one city for for a week and then you moved on to, to a different city and to a different city and to a different city. um and through all of this experience uh, like we did various different things so first of all it was like um Workshops for for the group, uh, like workshops and learning, and like finding your your own values, and um, also like intercultural communication, and just um, uh, self leadership, and also leadership more more generally. Um, but then the, the like the biggest chunk was just like service to the community. So we were in all these different cities, um, first in the, in in the U S. and then in Mexico, and then in the Philippines. Um, and just very various uh like varied um things in in involuntary work so anything from just like um cleaning up landfills in in the philippines to volunteering at um shelters for for harmed animals in in the u.s and just like very very varied tasks. um and uh yeah this this was just like uh and also, sorry, I should say that we did like a traveling musical show. So right. at, every, at every place we, we came, we put on a show for like the for the local community. Um, and to the extent there were any proceeds, the proceeds would go to like a, a selected um, charity in, in the um, community that we went to. Um, and it was, yeah, it was just a, a very, very cool experience, like seeing so many different places and just seeing... So many like different hard things, um, and also just like lots of beautiful people doing it, like extremely um, impressive things to help help create a better world. Um, uh, so from this like very protected upbringing in this like suburbs of Stockholm to seeing so many different things was was truly transformative, um, and I would like mostly seeing. Um, it sounds kind of banal, but but it's really the truth. Here. Seeing people going through hard times uh, made me like seeing that uh, and contrasting that to just how very good I had it at home uh, and the people around me had it uh, and how little we seemed to care, even though there was so much just like plain suffering going on in the world. It was just very, very... uh very hard uh, in many ways but also just like uh, very important uh, and gave lots of important perspectives and it was kind of then that I decided that I wanted to dedicate my life to to like helping helping the world somehow
0: beautiful yeah in the interviews we've been doing on this podcast travel comes up frequently as as a key formative experience and you know service work and but just immersion in other cultures—it's interesting to see. I think Up With People does that in a unique way um, with performance as well as service work. Yeah. Great to see sure. that. yeah. Wonderful. Thank you for sharing that. Um, yeah, I think so. So from there, you know, you clearly have, have dedicated your life to various forms of, of service and making the world a better place. Um, I think you know, I wanted to acknowledge here that we're recording this on the the 29th of November. Um, 2022. And um, you know, a lot of people may have not heard of effective altruism before. Um, and some of them may have heard about it in, in a way that is in a negative light in the last few months with the the FTX um, saga, Sam Bankman-Fried. So I want to give you a chance, Wilhelm, to define effective altruism. What what is what does it mean to you? Why is it inspiring to you? And what are the kind of basic principles of what it is?
1: Mm, yeah, thank you. Uh, elaborate a little bit on that. So um, I would say that that the 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 core uh, of effective altruism is is trying to answer this question of of how can we do the most good um, while acknowledging that we have uh, limited resources at our disposal and then trying to like take those answers and turn them into into practice. So um, a little bit more concretely, i would I would try to describe effective altruism as as two projects. So, Partly an an intellectual project, so um, uh, researchers and research institutions and just like a community of people who are really thinking carefully about how can you uh, do the most good. Um, And then uh, a practical project of of taking those insights and and translating into action. Um, And obviously this notion of doing good will be like different for different people depending on your your morals uh, and your beliefs about the world. Um, And I think a very, uh, very important uh, and one of the key things that attracted me to effective altruism was like not being um, like, the phrase is is course neutral, so not coming into it having decided that like, I know that I want to be working on climate change or animal welfare or um, gender inequality or racial inequality or something else like don't get me wrong those are all very important issues but i i am i'm am very i think this idea of just like i want to help as many people as possible um how, how do i think i can i can do that um while living a flourishing life and, and taking care of myself
0: can it's, you say uh, Can you I, say again uh, the word what what kind of neutral do you would say that what's the phrase you used
1: course neutral
0: is usually course. the course so like okay. different courses that you could you could um yeah which uh, pathways
1: yeah exactly exactly okay. so climate change would be one course or gender inequality would be one course or religious inequality or or, or uh, yeah the different venues of doing good so for me for me myself um i um my career started uh with running uh, uh starting and running a nonprofit called nema problema uh, and we were working predominantly in in sweden but in the nordics with trying to um uh, create better uh, migration and integration policies so um i, I many of of your listeners are, are likely familiar with that a, a couple of years ago so in 2015 2016 uh europe and and actually mostly like Sweden especially, so a very large influx of, of migrants um, after the wars in, in Syria and the Middle East. Um, and that created um, some challenges for, for Swedish society. So trying to help help with that particular um, problem. Um, and like the, I don't know what the word would be in English, but like the generating principle for me to wanting to work with that, was kind of just like, I want to help people. And then this like thing happened to be in front of me. And I'm very proud of all the things we did, uh, and I do think we helped a lot of people here in Sweden. I'm very proud of the things that Niemöller continues to do now without me. But taking a step back, it seems kind of obvious to me that if I'm thinking more carefully about like how can I actually help most people rather than just like what am I attracted to, what's what's like in front of me right now, I think I could have done done more uh, for uh, to help more people
0: um yeah so so just just to clarify so you you were you know there was a, an emergent situation right there was a crisis presented by this 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 influx of migrants which was in you know particular situations in Syria and other countries um and and so the things you were doing were what what sort of things were, were was nema Problema doing
1: uh so nema Problema, our men uh, our men intervention uh as a We did different things in the beginning trying to see what worked (laughs) and what what didn't work as well. Um, And in the end, our our main intervention was um, providing mentorships for for refugees and other migrants who um, had problems finding relevant work in Sweden. So either not being able to find any type of work uh, or Finding work, but work that was clearly under their competences. So, like the traditional story of the doctor working as a taxi driver. Um, and um, yeah, I'm um, like for several reasons. I think like um, <laughs> an an important aspect of the intervention was not only like helping. Migrants uh, uh, or immigrants to Sweden to 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 find a way into Swedish society, but also like uh, helping helping native Swedes like myself to to integrate into like the future um, Swedish uh, society, which like uh, like it or not would be more multicultural. Uh, um, and um yeah so trying to like make right. sure to facilitate that that dual um, process uh, but like obviously mostly working with helping the migrants find work it's good.
0: so great As i understand you know stepping back um from that immediate situation um so from an effective altruism perspective there might be a different way to look at that situation or, or or the allocation of your time, the resources that you're using to to make an impact? How, how would that be different when we bring in effective altruism into the picture, or would it?
1: So, yeah, so that's an excellent question. So I, I should say that I, I think it's very important to just be a,
0: a, a good citizen,
1: and I don't think that one should always try to, like, optimize or think, like, am I doing the most effective thing or, like, something like that? I think it's just, like, it's really, really important to just, like, Try, try to be kind and try to help people. And I still designate a lot of my time to doing like helping Nema Problema, for example, or, or similar things. Um, but, but with my, my, in, in my case, it, it's predominantly affected my, my career choice and, and how I choose to donate money. So I have like these are resources that I have decided that I want to do good for the world with. And, and rather than just like um, picking like how to do good, more like by um, by like following my intuitions maybe or just like random circumstances trying to think strategically talk to people read and learn about how could i help help most people um so yeah i, I like i think it's very interesting if you if you talk to people about like uh, let's say someone's buying a new computer, like most people will spend like a good amount of time researching which computer is best, like how do I get my like best bang for buck or whatever. Like when choosing what, what charities to donate to, people seem to be much less like careful with, with making sure that they do an, a, an informed choice. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that's interesting because there is really good like reason to believe like multiple studies showing that different interventions seem to just have very large differences in how many people they actually help and i do believe that most people want to help as many as possible so it seems kind of strange that we're not engaging more like critically with in these types of situations mm. um and then similarly with your career like i wanted to help as many people as possible i didn't necessarily want to work with migration and integration like it was very fun work and i like like i said i'm i'm glad that i did it but it wasn't like I was married to that idea from the beginning Uh, and I do think that if I'd taken a more a more um, neutral stance I could have helped more people so just um, I think there are some heuristics that you can use and that come from from effective altruism so uh, usually if you want to help people it seems to make sense to do that in a setting where there might be like less abundant resources and like Sweden is a society where we have very good social welfare in sweden um and like most people in sweden are well off even people in sweden who are are like going through hard times don't don't get me wrong like they're they're struggling but but even like even they seem to uh, in relation to people in other parts of the world um be in a pretty good position and and pretty privileged um so just like thinking about could i expand my my like uh Sphere of compassion to to other uh, people in other parts of the world. I might be able to to help even more, uh, or if I uh, expand my compassion to to future generations, let's say uh, who are disenfranchised today for for several different reasons, maybe I could do even more. Like you won't have as clear intuitions for helping those people because they're not like right there in front of you, um, but nonetheless, I think um, it's like important considerations if if you do want to um, to do as much
0: yeah so you mentioned the word intuition there it does seem that part of the part of the insight that effective altruism is trying to bring is our counterintuitive answers sometimes right um, the other thing that's striking from from the little bit of reading I've been able to do about effective altru- altruism is there's um, part of the story seems to be you know combining head with heart right um mm-hmm. Which is interesting, you know, the part of the the inspiration for Thoreau College, um, the the Waldorf School movement talks about head, heart, and hands, right, as parts of the holistic curriculum, right, thinking, feeling, doing, basically, um, and so also um, that that same, you know, trinity shows up in the in the the Danish folk high school movement. Right? and Grundvig and, the, and the, the, this folk school the folk high school talks about head heart and hands in various ways and so my understanding and tell me if I, I'm, I'm i've got this wrong um so the idea that that ultra effective altruism starts with is that a lot of um charitable work you know service is sort of heart driven right you're responding to what's in front of you the particular refugees the particular suffering animals whatever um but that perhaps by bringing thinking right quantitative reasoning logic kind of um, you know many orders down the road kind of cause and effect that the impact could be bigger is that is that right? Uh, yeah so I, I think I think like um, while stressing
1: that you still need to have your heart in it if that makes sense um, so I think that sounds like a fair description like so many amazing people are like really really, trying to help the world uh, and, and i think that, that many of them could help the world even more if they if they uh, engage in more critical thinking sometimes and that, that includes myself so like i'm not trying to say that I'm, I'm better than other people but but i would say that that's that's like a a, a good outline of everything um and and i think another important aspect is this just like um trying to to um like I don't know if that's uh, using your head or using your heart, but but trying to like explore your morals and and like to see to what extent it's it's relevant for you to to expand uh, like the the sphere of beings that you care about and try to help. Like in in my mind that feels like, or like in me that feels like that's more more hard work. Like realizing that oh wow I actually I actually do care about non-human animals um i actually do care about um like my children and they will likely care about their children and they likely care about like you know all of these things
0: Uh,
1: i think that's an incredibly important part of of the effect of altruism as as well
0: it's an expansion of moral imagination right that there's (laughs) you some it takes some effort to to imagine being so you're not immediately interacting with it at the moment if they're in the future or they're far away or they're or they're or they're You know non-human in some way. Yeah So uh, that brings that sounds to me like a question of education, right, which brings us to future Academy um, So can you just just introduce us to future Academy? This is a brand new thing. You're in the first month or so of it, right? Yeah, so I think we're we're two months in now, but it's the first cohort or first
1: class that's that's going through the program right now so um, well, basically, it's um, it's a fellowship program, is what you would call it. When I try to translate from Swedish, at least, um, for uh, students and young professionals from from anywhere in the world, uh, and we're trying to to equip them with the like the knowledge uh, and the resources and skills they need to to pursue um, uh, ambitious careers. So, like careers, it's what we're actually mostly focusing on, um, where they can help um, the far future as, most, uh, as much as possible. So so here we have actually like taken a step back from this course neutral perspective that is so central to effective altruism, like not saying that we will engage in a particular course like upfront, but just try to do as much good as possible. And that is because because me and myself, um, me, myself, and some of my um, co-organizers happen to think that many of the most important ways of, of helping the world is actually like looking towards future generations and trying to avert some of the challenges that um, will predominantly bear down on on uh, our our uh, grandchildren. Um, um, so, yeah, uh, and the program consists, it's it's six months long and it consists of, of four, uh, we're calling them Impact Summit, which is a fancy, fancy way of saying like weekends in, in Stockholm. Uh, and then we have digital meetups between these, um, everyone gets uh, coaching. So a, a professional coach you know, who helps them um, like make progress on their plans while maintaining a, a um, good work-life balance and, and leading a flourishing life. And then also mentorship. Um, importantly, also everyone is, is continuously throughout the program, working on a, a project where they try to like translate their insights into Something more concrete that they think can help, or either directly or, or indirectly.
0: Mm-hmm. So, who, who is participating in this? How many are there, and where are they from, and what are they? Why are they doing it?
1: Good um, question. We have twenty six fellows uh, right now, so twenty six participants, and they are from um, oh, I should I should know this thirteen or fourteen different countries. So, um, for uh, like. Obvious reasons, like me being based in Sweden and an effective altruism in Sweden being based in Sweden, and uh, like the largest group is, is Swedes uh, and people from the Nordics, so Norway and Finland as well. Uh, but then we have people from from India, from the United States, from Canada, from uh, Uruguay, from yeah, from all over Europe as well. So so from all over all over the place basically, um, and. Um, they are, most people are uh, either like in their later years of university or just graduated. Um, and everyone is, uh, like, I think people have different reasons for applying. Some people have like a pretty like particular idea or like particular like track they want to pursue. And they want like help in, in furthering that, and that um, particular like ambition. Um, others are more like, oh man, <laughs> I'm facing this like, Mm, like they know they want to be doing good, but they don't know how, and they feel like they're not getting any guidance from, from their university or from like their their more common circle. So they're looking for, for guidance in this this very tricky question, um, basically. Um but I would say that one like uniting factor um that like pretty much everyone um uh, mentioned in their applications um was the fact that they wanted to meet like-minded people, feeling like they're kind of alone in in their like particular endeavors in their particular countries uh, and wanting to find a community of people who who um, to some extent share their ambitions and who they can talk about
0: yeah so i mean seems like partially what's going on you know is this is this is a vocational director right there's a essentially people people seeking what to do with their lives which is a pretty like powerful charge to to carry right a big important thing to help out with so can you say more about how how you're taking that on? What are the mentors doing? What are you doing in these impact weekends that to, to help to help these folks uh, achieve their goals?
1: Well, um, but I, I I should say that right off the bat but
0: I am not the one
1: who's, who's doing most of the talking. So we have tried to bring in. Um, Faculty members from like various different disciplines, so both with regards to like uh, people with expertise in different uh, course areas, so like uh, climate change um, risks related to to pandemics and and um, other biological risks, uh, uh, risks stemming from from emerging technologies um, and risks stemming from great power conflict and, and so on. Um, but then also people from different, um, different what what you say like paths. So people from academia, so researchers, people from from policies or decision makers, and and entrepreneurs who have started their own companies and that are doing good things to help the world. Um, and it's so like trying to bring in um, role models and 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 uh, leading figures from different from different fields of society to 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 impart knowledge. But I think more importantly to to inspire and like show what is possible and, and give someone like something, some like um paths that you could follow basically, like trying to help people see what's actually possible and, and, and what they can do. Um and we're trying very carefully to not be like prescriptive in any way, saying like this is what you should be doing, but giving people tools and frameworks um to, to make and uh, like some decisions. And don't get me wrong, it's like we obviously have our ideas i'm not saying that like uh <laughs> it's completely up in there we're like proposing that like these are heuristic you, you could use for, for making an important distinction and obviously we've created the curricula to some extent we've been doing some some pre-screenings of what what we think seems to be some of the most pressing things that you could be working with mm-hmm. but as i said we're really, really trying to to help people to to make an informed decision by themselves um and um I, like there's Three main parts of of the of the um, um, of the program like that are that's running through everything. Um, so it's this thingy of, of moral um, exploration um, that I talked to uh, earlier. So like just really trying to get uh, fellows to to grapple with these questions of like what do I actually care about and what do doing good actually mean to me. And it was really cool. We had our first impact summit almost a month ago now, and just like. Uh, seeing some of the people just like realizing that this is a question for the first time. like, I remember having that like insight for myself, just like, wow, I've never thought about this, but like, what does doing good actually mean to me? And just like having them come up with rather different answers from what they came to the summit with was was very inspiring. So exploring your morals and then um, trying to cultivate truth-seeking beliefs. So um, there's a fantastic book uh, that um, um, it's called Scout Mindset, written by Julia Galef. Um, and it makes a distinction between between soldier mindset being Uh, The mindset that we're kind of often in as human beings where you like you have a particular belief and um, like your relation to that belief is like being a soldier. Like you want to defend that belief no matter what. If someone attacks your beliefs, you're going to like dig a ditch around them and you're going to like stand back and you're going to throw grenades or whatever. Like you're going to be like really, really like harshly defending those beliefs. Um, And I don't think that's the best way to go about if you want to get, like, an accurate picture of the world. Instead, what Julia proposes uh, is that you engage in scout mindset. So, like, Mm -hmm. if you see that someone disagrees with you, that seems like something you should be curious about. That seems like, wow, hmm. If if you want to have, like, the most accurate map of the territory, like the territory here being the world, I guess, like, actually engaging with people who believe different things from you seems so important. So trying to teach some of like techniques for, for actively engaging in truth seeking um uh, behavior. And then the last and like I should also say that a big c- component of, of the truth seeking part of the curricula is like actually introducing people to some of the uh, these important ideas. So like um what are the most crucial concerns when it comes to effect of uh, to um, climate change. Um, or when it comes to emerging technologies and so on and so and then the last component is just um uh, we're calling it development and well-being i guess um so uh, like there's so many things that you can do to create a better world and I know for myself, and it seems to be, like, a common theme with many people who want to be doing, like, helping the world, it can feel kind of overwhelming, and lots of people just struggling with burnout and not being able to take care of themselves um, while uh, while trying to, to help others, and I think that's bad. In and of itself, one should take care of oneself. But I also that's think that's suffering <laughs> too, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So that's the last the last thing. Um and um that's so what, is, what
0: does that look like? What what is what do you do in that phase, that part?
1: That part. So it's um like I would say that the most important aspect of the program here is that the uh, all fellows are equipped with a, a personal coach who, who helps them particularly with it because people have so like so, different uh, needs. Some people actually like. Um. Some people are working too much and should be working less. Other people have like problems with procrastinating and then like beating down on themselves. So that's l- 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 not as much part of the like uh, group curricula, and it's more something that, that they explore, um, by them uh, by themselves in the, in the um, in the coaching sessions, um, I, we do do some things uh, and that is just like um, during this impact summits we try to uh, introduce uh, good habits and also just like establish a culture of like make sure to take care of yourself. So uh, yeah, there's four main rules for, for all the summits and one of them is just like Take care uh, of yourselves for all our sake. Like just making sure that if you need some air, like make sure to go grab some air. Like no one will, no one will think less of you. And also everything is like voluntary and stuff.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's a, that sounds like a great, great medley there of, of things. So your um, the coaches or the mentors, where who are they? Where have you drawn them from?
1: Very good question. So uh, the coaches are uh, people who are um, like many of them are rather new to coaching uh so some of them are like professional coaches who have been coaches for many years and before the program we had a um a i don't know what to call it really but like a um a program for the coaches to make sure that they like were in the right uh, mindset for for taking on this this uh, important task um but they are themselves uh mostly rather young people who uh, have an interest in personal development and who are like um and who have designated significant time to to trying to help the world um and most of them are like a few years ahead of of our our fellows uh, in those endeavors um so again this is like it's ten people from, from all over all over the world, uh, differing ages, but most of the people are, are rather young, um, who have some experience with coaching and who are helping in this these endeavors. I was very Yeah, lots of people signed up to to be coaches for the program, which made oh, me yeah. very um, and um, as for, for the mentors, that's more so Uh, Everyone, as I said, all the fellows, they're working on a particular impact project, or they will actually be starting to work on an an impact project rather soon after being introduced to all of the different ideas in in the future academy. And here the mentors will be hand plucked depending on the particular interests of the the fellows. Uh, And uh, most of the mentors comes from the extended effective altruism network, so people who... Who um, I, to some extent, I or the other faculty members uh, know um, from from our um, various efforts, um, and uh, it's um, again, I'm I'm very very like like sincerely humbled and very very happy with how many fantastic people have have uh, given their time to help this this fellows. Um, um, so, yeah, it's, it's uh, again, researchers from, from like, um, in various different domains. It's uh, entrepreneurs, it's decision makers, it's various different people. But mostly here are a little bit older, I should say.
0: Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, every time that I've been involved with, uh, several times I've been involved with starting up new programs, new schools, new new ventures like this. So I know it's a really, it's an exciting moment to begin. Um, where you are right now. And I also know that those months, the, the weeks before and immediately after the beginning of a new program are, are, you know, one of the reasons I love doing it is because n- in no other period do I learn as much about people and reality and myself you know, about that, you know, as in that startup moment of something. And so you're right in that phase. I'm wondering if you, what's been surprising, what is, what has been challenging and, you know, what would you, what will you do, do you know, differently next time you do this?
1: wow um i think like one of my main surprises like the first big surprise was probably just like i was very unsure if like who will apply for this thing <laughs> and like i mean i thought it was a very good program and i knew that like we would be able to get like good mentors and, and good facilitators and good faculty on board and stuff like that but but nonetheless it was kind of like me and a couple of my my collaborators saying like we're gonna create this program and you can come here from any like and it was it wasn't obvious to me at all that anyone would apply for this thing and we just had hundreds and hundreds of applications from all over the world and from like very accomplished young people so like thirst for for like interventions and programs just like like it's just—it seems to be very, very high. I don't think we did a particularly good job of of communicating this, but nonetheless, we had so many good applications. Cool. Um, and I think that seems like something for me to be aware of, and for the world to be aware of that that young people want to help and they want to have like get better guidance on on how to help. Um, I um, I <laughs> as a subcomponent of that, like need better systems for, for handling applications because of <laughs> many many hours of going through applications. Um, uh, but another like very like inspiring finding, I, I alluded to it earlier, but was just like how many people have been willing to help out with this thing, like with no no compensation or like taking taking time of of, of their of their weekends to, to fly to Sweden to like help out with like it's it's very, very cool to see. So i guess that seems um uh, as another important in, insight for myself and for the world like um uh, mm-hmm. there are also people who want to be helping these young minds but you need to like connect them there seems to be too few of this like yeah connecting services like that
0: well, those are really um, valuable things to know about the world right a lot of young people have just been doing this a lot of people are interested in helping out right
1: <laughs> yeah exactly exactly and i i i, I was kind of cheesy but it really is like if you if I look at like my core uncertainties, like listed from like the beginning of this thing was just like, like the first thing was, literally, are we going to get any applications? And like the third or fourth thing was like, will anyone actually help us with this thing? And, it's <laughs> yes, and that's good. Uh, I guess, uh, another thing that's like a positive or like very cool insight was, I was a little bit like this, this, as I, and, as you uh, formulated it very well, like some of the, like. Um, ideas from from effective altruism they are counterintuitive Um, and I was a little bit like unsure about hmm, to what extent will people actually like um, take to these ideas Uh, if you come into future academy believing that um, that like running this particular project in my home country is the best thing I could be doing um, and then someone saying you that this seems fantastic. I love it that you're doing this thing, but maybe you could do something else. And that's even better for helping the world. Like uh, I had a very hard time seeing like, is that actually like, will people listen to that? And will they make um, like, will they update in a relevant way? Like taking, taking all the new information to heart and and then like, Assessing the situation and saying, "No, I actually think this is the best thing I could be doing," um, or would some people change their their uh, their minds about certain paths? Um, Here, yeah, I should say that most people came in like not knowing exactly what they wanted to be doing. So I yeah. guess
0: I wanted to ask you that. Yeah, what? How many people had a really like solid idea, and how many people who were like that changed actually?
1: Yeah, no. So, but but I am I'm I'm. I'm very surprised with how open people have been. Or very so I'm surprised and I'm I'm very happy with how like people've been open, but they've still been like I I mean, I wouldn't they wouldn't feel like we would have been doing something wrong if it was just like everyone started believing the same things as I <laughs> <laughs> like that would not have been a good outcome, right. But seeing people like engage with these ideas, engage with them critically, and actually like uh, update their map of the territory, so to speak, like actually like, oh wow, I've never considered this as an important issue to be working on, but this actually seems to be to be very important. um and and that has that has been very inspiring for for me as well. um I would say. Yeah, uh, and to your question, I think like most people had hand so they um, we asked them to like say what's your like plan for improving the world when they applied, and most people had some kind of plan that that like included some idea of of predominantly like what course they wanted to be working with. So um, maybe not very surprising, but climate change was the the cause that most people um, mentioned, um, and I um. But, but then, like, in like, some were very like they had a very specific path. They like knew this is the organization I want to start, and this is like what the five next years is going to look like. And other people were like, This, yes. I think this is important. Um, and I don't know to what extent that has shifted yet, but my, my, Um, like anecdotal evidence from speaking to people and just like seeing people interact it's just like many people like still believe climate change is an extremely important issue like i do myself but realizing that there are other important issues as well and maybe um, they can use their particular skill sets in better ways to address other problems Um, um, yeah yeah Um, and something (laughs) i will do differently i think is just um, (laughs) um I, um, I I, think it's it's hard to find the right balance of like, um, so many of the, of the faculty and the speakers are like very, I would say, uh, what's the right word? Like impressive people, like Nobel laureates or like um, top professors at top colleges and stuff like that. And I mean, that's great. And, and most of them have been doing a fantastic job but, but I, I think I overvalued a little bit, like, to what extent, like, formal um, signs of being great was actually, like, indicative of, of being the best possible, like, um, um, guide or source of inspiration for some of the fellows. Like, like oftentimes it's just, like, someone being a truly great person and just, like, really being able to connect with the fellows and actually, like, stepping into that zone is is... More important than this formal merits or like, um, yeah, impressive achievements. Um, so I think that's something I would like to do differently next time. Think more carefully about, hmm, okay, uh, this person seems very, they've done great things, but to what extent will they be able to like translate that into like inspiration yeah. and guidance for our fellows? Um,
0: yeah, it's a distinct skill set, right? Not everyone who who's very accomplished is a good teacher, a good mentor, a coach yeah no for sure. yeah That's wonderful so i think when when you get down to the level of uh, you know people's the certainly their their careers their vocations their projects that they're working on with you you're you're getting into the realm of of particular people and their particular life experiences and their the kind of window in which they see the world you know that that moral imagination is very can be very individual. Um, and I think you know one of the one of the criticisms or like critiques I've seen of effective altru- altruism is it tends towards abstraction, right? And I got to say I think that um, Henry David Thoreau our namesake here would have hated effective altruism, like probably everything about it. Just the the, the kind of global nature of it and the, the kind of you know the the yeah he was all about particularity, right? About this particular Pond in this particular place and that particular kind of bird and that and that's you build up a, a life of meaning from those very concrete experiences Um and, and it seems like you know, there there's when you bring a group of people like you've done you, you're meeting in a middle ground right people bring themselves in some way so I guess that's maybe a, a complicated question but how do you bring Concrete, specific, particular—you know—the the 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 kind of the the real-world nitty-gritty, um, unique aspects of the world into this work, which is also including quantitative reasoning, including these these kind of multiple-order effects. Is there is there where do you achieve the balance there?
1: Well, that's such a good question. I, I mean, I, I I struggle with this myself. I was like literally for trying to decide what I want to do with my life and my career like to what extent should I just um, go with what my instincts tell me when I move about with the world and see this like very particular concrete things and and to what extent should I be like uh, updating on this vague um, moral or like objective uh, yeah I don't know what the word was but more abstract concepts Um, and I don't think that we've landed in anything any anything good yet. But I think like what you alluded to here, just like bringing it down to the individual is, is like my best attempt at doing this at like this particular time. Like just um, exposing an individual to this abstract concepts. And then there's like trying to help that particular person to like... Translate that into like how can I make like how can I concretely translate all of these weird abstract ideas into into action and and like being a good citizen uh, for myself and, and what does this mean for for me? Um, uh, because then I think it can be like kind of kind of concrete so so like if, if i use myself as an example like trying to with grappling with all of these different ideas of how can i do the most good to help the world and then like coming to realize that i actually think like trans like um imparting some of these uh, ideas uh to to young people from all over the world Seems to be one of the best things I could be doing, um, and that feels very concrete. And I'm I'm a very concrete person myself. I have a I have a really hard time just engaging with with the abstract concepts. Uh, but then, so like I don't know, this kind of duality between like looking up every once in a while and being like, hmm, this sounds like good idea. But then actually, like being down on the ground is very important. And I should also say that I I um I. Uh, I share the criticism of effective altruism, not necessarily being too abstract, because I do think that like effective altruism oftentimes um not I don't know if that's true. Uh but like do a pretty good job of actually trying to like be more concrete. So what does that mean in terms of like how you should you should go about your life? Um but there's something with this like not always feeling like it's in tune with with what going what's going on 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 the ground and like maybe there's like a, a slight disconnect between the between the like the trying to give specific advice and like but how does that advice actually like line up with reality? Reality being very messy and, and hard and like human emotions and human intuitions like will inevitably play a very important part in this. And, and from my perspective, should play an important part of this. And like that you can contest. But um, yeah, so a <laughs> very dis- dissatisfying answer. But I think just like trying to bring it to the individual would be my like best idea for how to go about this.
0: Are you familiar with, with Henry David Thoreau? Have you read Walden or any of his, his other texts?
1: Yeah, I've read Walden many years ago. I, I should confess, that, but nonetheless.
0: Just a, a particular example is coming to mind that that you know that as I was thinking about this interview and about defective altruism came to mind I mean he was famously uh, kind of the the person who coined the, the the word if not the practice of civil disobedience right He you know he rather went to spend the night in jail rather than paying the tax right that was asked for him that would support the, the war and, you know, these the Fugitive Slave Act, things like that. So very concrete, like, you know, experiences his you know, his own kind of person, his own body in in, in a moral cause. But he was very um, critical, very, um, had a lot of critique for the societies of ladies who would go around and raise money for slavery issues in other countries, let's say, or the missionaries in, in Africa, things like that. That, that. The people who would really devote themselves, they'd pay the taxes to support the war, but then they would spend all their time trying to solve a problem far away. Right. That, that, uh, you know, a whole group of people that, that were, that were abstract to them or were, were you know, was, was theoretical in a sense, as opposed to, to concrete kind of, um, you know, what, what are you doing today that actually is, 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 uh, furthering this particular, you know, problem in society. Um, but yeah, I guess uh, for me, a question that I have that arises from that, when, when I think about um, positive impacts on the world, um, the concrete is very important because that's that's that is a very like important way to to judge what is effective, right? If if there is, um, you can see the impacts, you can you can talk to someone about it in, in your daily life, um, and also just for sensing what's important. So I'm wondering how you guide your your students there to, you know. Uh, as they choose different courses right different different kind of issues to to engage with you know, where where do, where does that um what is the data where does the input that that allows them to to choose this and not that um beyond numbers like mean, there's something there's something personal and something um kind of I guess, intuitive to use a word we've mentioned before in that it seems like
1: yeah um so i would say like um First of all, I just think like I would be very curious to hear about what what Thuro had to to say about effective altruism. If he yeah. would have been, um, but but I actually think there's like oftentimes a surprising amount of overlap between someone like the the, the men like the men criticizers of effective altruism and effective altruism in the sense that like people who just I just think thinking carefully about how. What does it actually mean to lead a good life? Like that's just yeah. making so much progress on this particular. Like, I, I'm, I'm, I'm much more interested in someone asking themselves the question, "How could I do the most good?" Than like getting someone to arrive at a particular answer of that question. Um. So yeah, just wanted to say that first.
0: Yeah, um, absolutely. And conversations like this, you know, yeah, that conversation is 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 really the highest end of education. right? Yeah.
1: Yeah, no, very much so. Um, and then, with, with regards to like how uh, I um, like how we're trying to guide fellows to 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 um, grapple with this particular question, is I I think uh, there are some different things. So, so first of all, just I think it's very important for fellows to just make up their mind by themselves. Like, to what extent am I a person that, that wants to see? concrete uh, impact from from my actions, to what extent is that like, is that very important for me um, rather than like, to what extent am I okay with doing something where it might not ever like be obvious to me that I've done something good. So like a very concrete like example here would be someone working with Nema for Bima, like I did, like helping people on a day-to-day basis versus someone doing like, uh, Basic research on a, on an important like course area. I think it's like extremely important that we have people who are doing a basic research at, in, like at, at uh, important course areas. Um, but I also think it's important for people who who do that that they're aware of the fact that you will like most likely not ever be able to say that like. I like did this thing, and that led to the world being better in this way. Like that will not happen, and that seems like something that's important for people to be aware of when they make these kinds of decisions. Um,
0: well, we part- need people doing both of those things, right? We need people who are who are you know working one on one with people, and we need people who are who are thinking at the higher you know, the levels of abstraction. You know, those are that's that's part of the full picture.
1: Yeah, no, f- absolutely, absolutely. Like and I know for myself I could not be the person who, who like does the basic research. Like I, I need more I need more concrete things for myself. Uh, yeah. and just like realizing that for myself seems very, very important. And I, I totally agree that we need we need um, like everyone uh, like on this scale. Um and uh and then I, I, I think I think there's a um I think it's like All else being equal, I think it's like really good if you can work on issues where there's like more concrete feedback loops. So something where you can actually see that I did this thing that led to this thing and that is good or bad or whatever. And I should do more or less of that thing. Um, That being said, I do think there's like, it's really important when we come to like, especially this like future um, challenges um, that we are not being... uh, Overly, uh, overly pessimistic of, of, of attempts to do good that are more uncertain. Like I think it's sometimes important to to trust like theoretical uh, reasoning in this in these uh, areas because like we cannot say for sure that it will work because like uh, we cannot wait until we can like get hard data on whether the thing works or not. So yeah, too long. Day. Yeah, exactly. If I want to, if I want to, like, um, if I'm working on a particular uh, a particular intervention, that would be good if the world gets to four degrees warming. Like, I, I I sure hope I sure hope all people who does that they don't want their thing to have impact because they don't want the world to get to four impact uh, four degrees of warming. But if the world does, it seems very important that we have had people to like. Uh, Think about and have done work to like make sure that we're ready for that if it happens. Um, yeah. So I think it's a very hard thing, um, but I think it's uh, and and like all else being equal, as said, it seems much better to have um, to work on things where we can get concrete feedback. But I don't think that's the whole picture, I guess.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's it's a complex balance. You can see for sure. Yeah, yeah. So you, this, this is a program that's offered free of charge for for people. There's no fees, and why is that important? And, and yeah, what what does that add to to the to the to what you're offering?
1: Uh, so that's a very good question. So I should say that the one this first round of Future Academy has been a little bit of a, of a pilot. So we wanted to see whether it actually makes sense, if this thing works, uh, if it's something that's asked for and something that seems to help people to, to, do, uh, to do good better. Um, and uh, so it's not like at its uh, at its ultimate stage yet. Um, yeah. But we, we're we hoping that this would be a program for people who would not uh, else have had a uh, good opportunity to engage in programs like this. Uh, and that is oftentimes dependent on like where someone is from uh, and in what like socioeconomic background someone has um and they're like having having someone yeah having having a, a high uh, tuition or something like that would clearly be a way of of barring people from sure. from engaging with the program and i i just I am convinced uh, that we need people from all over the world, from all different backgrounds, to help us solve some of these most pressing problems that we're facing as a humanity. Uh, and it seems that if we are able uh, to to um, provide this program for free, it seems better to do so. Um,
0: yeah yeah i think that that's uh, it reminds me of um you know part of our inspiration is deep springs college where i went to Thank school in, in california which is a micro college that is also is, is free of you know, no room board and tuition it's, it's totally paid for um for you know, 12 or 13 students each year and the, you know with the goal of, of of service you know creating service to humanity um and and there's a real charge as it goes out of that right this is this is a this is a gift that is pay back through your through your service in the world. And uh, that it's a, a paying paying it forward you could say is one way to think about it. And um, I think with with such a distinctly like service oriented project as the one you have here, that's it makes a lot of sense. That's a beautiful way
1: of phrasing it. I, I might actually still do <laughs> <laughs> you know, f- paying it forward seems since, uh, since very right to it. Um, yeah.
0: Um yeah so so maybe as a concluding question i mean so this is you're saying this is a pilot um and it's early days you'll have to review after it's done but do you have a sense of where you would like this to go what is what's the the future of future academy
1: i i, I am hoping uh, that this will uh transit into to something you might call a, a micro college i'm i'm quite new to the to the concept of micro colleges uh, but i've been listening to your podcast and i'm learning learning more and more uh, but like actually having this uh, transform into, into some kind of institution for for um creating people who we think can be of great service for for the future uh, w- would be the the ultimate goal so for the coming years like experimenting with different programs and interventions like uh, like Future Academy to see what seems to work best and what seems to help help people in, in the best possible way. And then like at some point arriving at a stage where we find that we, where we think that we found something that works well for us and then translating that into something more permanent. Um, as you know, I am based in, in Sweden, which in like and here, Folk high schools, so folk high schools, I guess. Um, no, Do you, how would you translate that?
0: Well, that's a good question. I mean, that really, folk high school, right? Yeah,
1: that's like the the literal translation. But I think yeah. like a high, they're
0: more like universities, like folk universities or something. So my translation of it is micro college. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, they right? you go. I don't think that there is the right word for it uh, because. Yeah, you say folk high school in the united states and really that doesn't make any sense in several different directions folk school actually has a different meaning already you know a more craft and, and hand work school so we need a new word my proposal is micro college so
1: <laughs> yeah no that, that makes sense uh but like this is a pretty common thing in sweden like everyone in sweden knows about it and i i don't know the numbers but like um like a decent chunk of the population has attended a, a folk schooler so a, a micro college um so like for me from the beginning the idea of actually creating a, a Folkirk school or micro college was very very alive um, and it's also like uh, just I guess the like it's a thing in Sweden so it's like yes. easier to do than in many parts of the world um and also it, it's um I just I I think there are. Um, I'm. I'm like. I actually loved going to university, and I think that universities are great for many different things. But I, I do think that we, we need uh, complementary um, initiatives and things in the world. Uh, and I would love to to be a part of, of creating such such solutions uh, for people and uh, situations that are less like inducive to to going to a university. Um,
0: Beautiful. Well, um, thank you for spending some time with us and congratulations. Um, you're you're you've taken the most difficult step, which is the first step, and uh, and have started something. So I'm sure it'll work out. So um yeah, thank you for your time. Enjoy your travels in the United States, and um, I hope to be in touch with you in the not too distant future.
1: Thank you very, very much for having me and looking forward to keeping in touch.